Welcome back to my Bible study podcast, From Hevel to Eternity. I'm Brian, and today we are continuing our walk through the Minor Prophets. We are currently on book 11 of the 12 Minor Prophets. Typically, we do an overview episode and then a geek out session. But for the book of Zechariah, we've been taking a different approach. We're spending a few episodes to work through some of the themes that are found throughout the book. Zechariah takes place just after the Israelites return to Jerusalem from their exile in Babylon. God, through the prophet, proclaims a message of judgment on the enemies of Israel, but also ties this with a message of hope, encouragement, and future restoration through the Messianic king from the line of David. The five themes that we are focusing primarily on are a judgment on the people, a call toward the people, an encouragement to the people, restoration for the people, and the coming Messiah of the people. As we dive into this episode, remember the circumstances that this prophecy was initially being spoken into. The Israelites have just spent a generation in exile. Now they have returned to the remnants of Jerusalem. While that might be uplifting, when they get back into the promised land, their temple is still in ruins. The city's walls are piles of rubble. They are a small group of unprotected refugees surrounded by national and political enemies. They start the task of rebuilding the temple, but then they are pressured into stopping by outside forces. And then they start to prioritize their own prosperity over God's temple. They pause construction for 16 years. The five themes that we're covering from the book of Zechariah show that God hears his people and he speaks into their needs. God proclaims that the enemies of Israel will not stand, that judgment will come to the nations who bring suffering and pressure and persecution to God's people. Then God calls his people to return to him, to repent, to prioritize him first, and to live a life transformed by faithfulness and obedience to God. God does not just cry judgment on his enemies and repentance on his people. He also speaks a message of hope and encouragement to his people. He asks them to persevere through difficult times. Then he promises restoration for the people who repent and who faithfully persevere. That one day God would gather his flock, save his people, and dwell with them in an abundant and prosperous new Jerusalem. Lastly, God outlines that this would be ushered in by the coming Messiah, a king from the line of David, the true shepherd, our great high priest, God with his people. Last episode, we covered the first two themes of judgment and a call to repentance. Today, we'll be covering the next two, God's message of hope and encouragement in the midst of seemingly overwhelming situations and of God's promise to his people of a future restoration. These are themes relevant to the people of Israel at that time, but also to all of God's people across all of time. The theme episodes will have some application, but they'll be pretty scripture heavy as we try to lay the foundation for this book before we spend an entire episode focusing on how all of these themes directly link to the gospel and then how to take some application out of these themes. I pray this episode helps us to hear the messages of hope, encouragement, and restoration found in the book of Zechariah, and then to process these promises in ways that maybe we haven't before. 
in ways that bring us into closer relationship with Jesus, the Messiah who bore our sins and who alone can restore us. Yahweh answered the angel who talked with me with kind and comforting words. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 13. So just as the Lord God Yahweh answered the angel in Zechariah chapter 1 with kind words of comfort, Yahweh also speaks a message of comfort, hope, and encouragement to his people throughout the entire book of Zechariah. Later in chapter 1, Yahweh says, I have returned to Jerusalem with mercy. My cities will again overflow with prosperity, and Yahweh will again comfort Zion and again choose Jerusalem. Where the overflowing and the prosperity here is the health and the unity of God's people as a single nation. Merrill declares that the prophet is concerned to comfort his discouraged and his pessimistic compatriots, who are in the process of rebuilding their temple and restructuring their community, but who view their efforts as making little difference in the present and of offering no hope for the future. God is also calling his people to be strong, as in the start of Zechariah 8-9, when he says, Thus says Yahweh of armies, let your hands be strong. If this call sounds familiar, you might be remembering God's call to Joshua to be strong and courageous as he led a group of Israelites into the promised land, out of the wilderness, centuries earlier. It's also the same call that God speaks through Haggai, who was a contemporary of Zechariah. In Haggai 2.4 he says, Yet now be strong Zerubbabel, says Yahweh. Be strong Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong all you people of the land, says Yahweh, and work, for I am with you, says Yahweh of armies. This call to strength and hope and of a more promising future, it also comes up in Zechariah chapter 8 verses 12 and 13. For the seed of peace and the vine will yield its fruit, and the ground will give its increase, and the heavens will give their due, and I will cause the remnant of this people to inherit all these things. It shall come to pass that as you were a curse among the nations, house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and you shall be a blessing. Don't be afraid. Let your hands be strong. And then again in verse 15, So again I have thought in these days to do good to Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Don't be afraid. Then Zechariah chapter 13 verse 9 speaks of the Lord using testing as a way to refine his people. It says, I will bring the third part into the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will test them like gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they will say, Yahweh is my God. So the first part of the verse uses the image of God refining his people through a similar process that silver and gold go through to become more pure. It's obviously not referring to the literal melting of people down to a quote-unquote more pure form, but it is about God's people experiencing suffering, but a suffering that produces something better, that forms God's people in a more identity-defining way. 
It's about God's flock experiencing hardships that cause them to press more into God the shepherd. And just like a shepherd and flock relationship, the flock will come out of it better and they will better trust that whenever they call on the shepherd, he will hear them and that he will protect them. And that's where the second half of the verse really ties in and where it really finds its power. They will call on my name and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. And they will say, Yahweh is my God. The language is similar to the language of Psalm 66 verse 10. For you, God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. It's about offering hope to his people. Offering an encouraging word of strength in the midst of hardship. And a call for perseverance in the face of testing. Then growing out of that a greater trust for our God for our shepherd, for our savior. Just remember, these verses would have been a reassurance to a people who were struggling with an identity, struggling with the idea of where they stood with God coming out of the exile and who were surrounded by constant external pressures. Here God is encouraging his people that even if things look bleak, even if things look uncertain, even if you are struggling with where God is at, God calls his people to know that he is God, that we are his people, and that even amidst the pressure cooker of life's testing, we can lean into God. We can call on his name, and we can trust that he hears us. In the book of Zechariah, encouragement and comfort and hope, they don't just come through direct messages to the people. But they also come through passages that are declaring future restoration and a future redemption for God's faithful people. Here are some verses that kind of reflect that. Zechariah 2.5 For I, says Yahweh, will be to her a wall of fire around it, and I will be the glory in the midst of her. Then Zechariah 2 verses 10 through 12 Sing and rejoice, daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and I will dwell in the midst of you, says Yahweh. Many nations shall join themselves to Yahweh in that day and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of you and you shall know that Yahweh of armies has sent me to you. Yahweh will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Zechariah 8.3 Thus says Yahweh, I have returned to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, and the mountain of Yahweh of armies shall be called the holy mountain. Later in Zechariah chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, Thus says Yahweh of armies, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them in, and they will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, in truth and in righteousness. The, be- the end of Zechariah chapter 10 verse 3 says, For Yahweh of armies has visited his flock, the house of Judah and will make them as his majestic horse in battle. Zechariah chapter 10 verses 6 and 7, I will strengthen the house of Judah and will save the house of Joseph, and I will bring them back, for I have mercy on them, and they will be as though I had not cast them off, for I am Yahweh their God, and I will hear them. <laughs>
Ephraim will be like a mighty man, and their heart will rejoice as though wine. Yes, their children will see it and rejoice. Their heart will be glad in Yahweh. Then Zechariah 8 and 9 and verse 12 will close us out. I will signal for them and gather them, for I have redeemed them, and they will increase as they have increased. I will sow them among the peoples, and they will remember me in far-off countries, and they will live with their children and will return. I will strengthen them in Yahweh, and they will walk up and down in His name, says Yahweh. So no, that was a lot of verses, but some of the things that keep coming up in the book of Zechariah, they are protection from the wicked nations by God our shepherd, just as a shepherd protects his flock. That Jerusalem or Zion will be a gathering place for all of God's people, where a stream of faithful people from all of the nations, they'll come into this Jerusalem or Zion, depending on the translation or the verse. And that the new Jerusalem will be this light on a hill. It'll be a lighthouse drawing the faithful from those nations. That the people will sing and delight in their salvation, and that all of these people will be restored as they experience the presence of God dwelling among them, and that they will see the glory of God. I mean, for the people of that time struggling to find reassurance and comfort, this heirs, inheritance, salvation, lifting up type language, it would have been an amazing message to hear. For us today, it's still an incredible message to hear. We still struggle to find hope and reassurance and comfort, and we still struggle to remember that there is this glory that is yet to come. So just listen to these regal, triumphant passages. Turn to your stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore you double. Zechariah 9.12 Yahweh their God will save them in that day as the flock of his people, for they are like the jewels of a crown lifted on high over this land. Zechariah 9.16 That's like an awesome verse. I'm going to repeat the end of that one again because it's amazing. Yahweh their God will save them in that day as the flock of his people, for they are like the jewels of a crown lifted on high over his land. And then Zechariah 12.8, In that day Yahweh will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He who is feeble among them at that day will be like David, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of Yahweh before them. There is even language pointing towards this permanent reversal of the curse of death and destruction. Zechariah 14.11 claims men will dwell therein, and there will be no more curse, but Jerusalem will dwell safely. We are part of God's flock, but we're also part of a royal inheritance through the restorative blood of Jesus Christ. I mean, these are kingdom passages, full of God's glory and echoing the same truth that's revealed across the rest of Scripture. Our God wins, and through faith in Jesus, we experience restoration and victory alongside of Him. I agree with Jason DeRochi when he notes a message in this book that God is faithful to his eternal promises. Specifically, DeRochi notes that in Zechariah, we see God will be God to his people. God will dwell among his people and he'll be worshipped in Jerusalem, which is also called Zion. 
that God will provide his people with a righteous shepherd, that both the people and the land will be holy, and that through his people all the nations will be blessed. Dr. Thomas Constable notes that people experiencing adversity frequently see only things that are close at hand. Zechariah provided hope from visions that he saw and from voices that he heard, and that hope encouraged his audience to lift their eyes to behold the larger plans and purposes of their God. Look, all of the messages of hope, encouragement, and restoration here, they're all dependent upon and fulfilled by Jesus the Messiah. As Paul stated in his second letter to the church at Corinth, For every one of God's promises is yes in him, Jesus. Therefore, through him, we also say amen to the glory of God. Now it is God who strengthens us together with you in Christ and who has appointed us. He has also put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22, Christian Standard Bible. So as you read through and you meditate on the book of Zechariah this week, find hope that our current circumstances, they're not the end of the road for us as Christians. Find strength that God refines his people through testing and events. Find encouragement that out of our perseverance, we're brought closer to God. Find assurance that God hears the calls of his people, even in situations where things might seem too daunting. Find comfort that God has appointed over us his shepherd Jesus, who has promised to always be with us. And then remember God's promises of restoration and of redemption. Next episode, we'll dive into the theme that shines maybe the brightest throughout the book of Zechariah, the coming of the Messiah. This book provides vivid descriptions of both Jesus' first arrival and his coming return. Thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. Until next time, I love y'all.